I know none of you have this problem, but from time to time I have a, a little situation when uh, I start to be clear on what has to be done and when it becomes uh, uncomfortable to do because, you know, compassion co-arising with wisdom and the compassion, uh, the compassion can make you want to do something that uh, either you're just not able to do or something that wouldn't serve the uh greater purpose that like reinforces you know uh, uh inappropriate behavior something like that and so sometimes you have to do this harsh thing uh and you really don't want to do it so then you have to like kind of uh build yourself up so that you can carry so that you can carry it out you know uh and but that creates the opportunity for a training it creates the opportunity for you to to recognize that um you don't have to um puff yourself up or build yourself up to have the strength to do something that's uncomfortable. You just have to recognize that this is going to be uncomfortable. But in my heart of hearts, I know that this is the the right action to be taken. And then just take that and just sit there and deal with your uncomfortableness. Don't try to push it off on somebody else. You just sit there and you deal with your uncomfortableness. And this is what... um uh, makes our, our, our muscles, our spiritual muscles grow strong to be able to, to do the tough things, to, to go to the places that scare you, to be able to handle, uh, your business. And even when it's something uncomfortable, you know, uh, to be able to, to carry it out and then sit and, and to, uh, when we talk about the, uh, suffering and, and that suffering should be known, you know, the cause of it known, and uh, the way leading to its eradication known, and thereby attaining the eradication. That is the Four Noble Truths. It's not just that life is suffering. No, it's not that. It's that suffering should be known. So sometimes we don't recognize suffering. We don't recognize, we, we recognize that situation right there, but we don't recognize what constitutes the true suffering for us. And so we're looking in the wrong place and calling that suffering when that's not really the suffering. That's just cause and condition. But something, suffering may be arising and occurring somewhere else and we completely miss it because we're looking at the that over there. So what causes suffering then um is can be like uh not the uh uh fixing the circumstances that's not necessarily the suffering although you think that that's the suffering the true suffering is what you go through um inside uh how you feel about the decision that you had to make that's where the uncomfortableness is you know and so so it's learning to look know where to tap look in the right uh, in the right places. And so I had to make a decision about something yesterday that I didn't want to make. I wanted the other person to make the decision so that I wouldn't have to be the one to make it. You know, but the person has difficulty seeing that, first of all, there's a decision to be made and that if it's not a decision in their favor, then it's the wrong decision. And then how to, and how to carry that out. But you know, we, every day until the day we die, we're going to be confronted with having to, you know, approach life in this way and do the tough things that need to, you know, that need to be done. The thing is that if we don't, 
uh, things will not get better because we ignore them or because we like just want to have happy face, happy face. No, we have to actually take care of matters. And sometimes it's better to take care of them while they're small, you know, then they just don't get so big that when they're taken care of, it's like, like the big, the big blow up. Um, and this is all a learning process for us, especially those of us who are really trying to, to cultivate and walk in, in kindness. Uh, it's very difficult in a world gone mad. It's very difficult in a time when people have lost their wits. Uh, and we can even get to the place that we think that, you know, you just have to meet fire with fire because there's no way, you know, uh, and and actually, uh, fire is a way of containing fire. That's why the firemen create a fire ring, you know, to try to burn up and consume that which is burnable so that when the fire is here, they just let it just go until it hits the ring and then it goes out, you know, because um, they've taken away the fodder that would continue to allow the fire to spread. So sometimes it takes having to know which wisdoms to use uh, and we kind of only learn that by doing it. So the things that we go through and some of the uh, feeling we have as we're growing and developing may not feel comfortable, but sometimes it's necess- necessary. But the Buddha says we should, though, always reflect. Reflect, you know, before we say or do or something, reflect while we're saying it and while we're doing it. Reflect after we've said it and we've done it. This is the only way to get on the path leading upward, and it's the only way that we will ever come into our our resolve from having this kind of mind to having this kind of mind. <clears throat> and so um, I had to take care of something uh, in the best way that I knew how yesterday, or at least to address thoughts around something it's not taken care of, but thoughts around something. And um, and I got a little hard-nosed with it, you know, like this is where, I mean, the buck stops right here, and the situation stops right here. And although it doesn't feel so kind right now, and it doesn't look so kind, it got here through being so kind that things just, you know, got a little bit out of control. And so I, you know, I I said what had to be said and, you know, and put in the uh, prescription for how we will will go forward. And the person responded to me with a, a one-liner. Um, uh, and the person had not understood anything else that I that I said or or just in recounting the circumstance, you know, just didn't uh just can't, just can't see it, you know, so it's no point in rehashing that, you know, but we have to do something, and uh, the person uh, just said, I never meant, you know, um, for things to go this way, and, and I know that that's true, you know, I know the person never meant for things to go that way, just people acting out of, you know, their own unskillfulness, their own fears, their own anxieties, causes and conditions. These are situations that we all find ourselves in. 
But when the person said that line, I am one who practices the Dharma, that was the Dharma. You know, it doesn't matter where it comes from or who it comes through or how it comes to you. But the key is being able to recognize it so that when you look at yourself or examine yourself and see that you're missing your own mark, not somebody else's expectation for you, but what's the expectation you have for yourself. And when you see yourself vectoring or veering off of your own, you know, expectation for yourself, for your own thoughts, your own speech, your own action, you can just quickly accept and that you vectored off and get back on the path. That's it. You know, that's all it takes. There's no point in me trying to justify to myself why I feel like this. It really doesn't matter. It's But when the Dharma convicts you and the truth convicts you, you just simply get back on the path. That's all. Whether anybody else knows that you got off or not, no, no need to know. No need to tell everything. But whether or not anybody knows you got back on or not, no need to tell everybody. But you should know for yourself because it's your own inner integrity and it's the only way of uprooting one's own suffering. And when you have uprooted your suffering in this way or when you know the the way towards uprooting suffering, you know, even if you haven't perfected it, when you know the way towards uprooting suffering, then you can tell someone else there's no danger in that water. Now, it may not feel so good, but that is the way to go because ultimately your suffering will be uprooted and you will grow and you will develop and come into your own integrity. And it has its own kind of joy and it has its own kind of peace. So today, remember, you know, I would tell you sometimes that when I was with my Taoist master, well, not sometimes with I, when I was with him. This time he looked at me and just said, you know, because I would read the Taoist sayings and like they were like so lofty. And I was like, what kind of mind even thinks this way? You know, uh, and uh, I guess he just looked at me and said, she's just not going to get it. <laughs> and... Uh, and then he looked at me one day and he said, Buddhism is for you. I was like, no, no. I looked at that. I'm not interested in that. Uh, uh, and he and he turned to me again and he said, no, Buddhism is for you. And to make sure that I got the message, he took me over to a, a Buddhist temple and had those nuns ordain me quick. <laughs> and then after I left him, that was the last time. I saw that master, but I consider him one of my greatest teachers because he led me to the teacher I needed. And so um, that makes him the greatest teacher of all for me. But today I am going to give you a wisdom teaching from the Taoist tradition. This is by uh, uh, Lao Tzu. And he said, when the highest type of men hear the truth, they try hard to live in accordance with it. When the mediocre type of men hear the truth, they 
seem to be aware of what it means, but yet they are not aware. When the lowest type of men hear the truth, they break into loud laughter. If it were not laughed at, it would not be the truth. And so it was things like, I'm like, what is he talking about? You know, and I, I couldn't get the, it was like, uh, you know, some things you really can't explain. They have to dawn on you. It takes uh, the light of your own uh, inner wisdom and conviction to shine on it for it to have any meaning for you whatsoever. And, uh, and I didn't know the way of training to unpack the truth, to unpack these lofty sayings. And they're not just sayings. They are the truth, these truths that we don't easily see and that are hard to understand. So when we think we need to fight, you know, uh, in a certain way, these truths seem to say the opposite. Like whatever you think, Paniwali, just do the opposite and you'll be okay. Because, you know, just not having developed the heart and mind to be able to see the big picture of things or to give up my own personal craving or fear around something. To not be able to say, I don't know, so you just say something. And then that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You know, all these things that we do trying to protect, you know, our our ego, all these things that we, that we do because we are not quite ready to put in the hard work of subduing oneself, one's own heart, one's own mind. But when we continue to listen to these things, and when we find a good teacher who can uh, show us the path of learning, they can't make us know anything. We only know what we take within ourselves to know. So a teacher could teach until they're blue in the face. And, you know, some people will never get anything because it's not really the teacher, it's whether I am willing to imbibe the teaching. Sometimes we choke on it. Sometimes it's too bitter. Sometimes it's too salty. <laughs> Sometimes it just seems like too sweet. You know, like because reality has told me this, 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 and this. Yeah. And so we close off, shut ourselves off from the very thing that we desire. Um, and so today, uh, you know, a lot has been going on around Korea, North and South, and the United States. And, you know, I understand some people's view that maybe there's a, a madman in government over there who, you know, has his finger on some uh, some nuclear button, but, you know, you can find that in more than one place. Uh, and and it can be a real scary thing when people are full of, of fear and neediness that um, 
and they sit in seats of power. So uh, in the, every person's life, they have some seat of power. So in a certain way, we are all powerful. We all hold the keys, you know, to destruction in the next moment. In some way, some fashion, some form, some aspect of our lives. And it doesn't uh, really matter whether it's, it's a big one, like say between uh, Trump and Kim, or whether it's a, a smaller one between me and my spouse, or me and my subordinate, or me and my superior, or me and my child, or me and my neighbor, or, or sometimes just me and me, you know? Because we have this way of seeing, sometimes, sometimes seeing both sides of the, of of a you know having uh, of a story, having an understanding, awareness, you know having two perspectives. I see it this way, and I see it this way, is is worse than just seeing it one way. You know, at least you're not at war with yourself. You know, but all of us possess a certain power and sit in that seat with our faultiness of mind and so that's why the Buddha tells us to reflect all the time and if you didn't catch something as it was arising and say that's not the way to go or look at you know you have to do that but check your attitude you know the thing you're doing might be the right thing but not the right attitude not the right way not you know it's going to cause you to suffer inside because you know who you are and you know uh, how you're trying to walk out your life. And if you do it in that way, you're going to suffer inside. <coughs> and so here I was confronted with myself uh, yesterday. They did little harm to me compared to how much harm I realized I was doing to myself because I was getting a little hard around this issue. And I could feel the, the mounting up. You know how it is when, like, you like, you're just not going to let anybody walk over you anymore. And you like, you like puff up. You like mount up inside. You can like still keep a smile on your face, but it's there. It's brewing. It's growing. You just try not to let anybody see it. <laughs> but you know for yourself that it's there and it's growing. And so I found a, <clears throat> a teaching for me today. It helped me to understand. I always said, when well, I didn't fully understand how uh, to walk in some of the teachings I embraced for from Jesus. Like, when a man takes your coat, give him your cloak too. Like, uh, or, you know, when one strikes you on one cheek turn the other like that sounds really good but like how you how, exactly how you get in there and exactly what benefit is that you know I was pondering these things and I couldn't understand how to how to move with it how to grok with it and I remembered that when <clears throat> uh, Jesus died that um, if 
if he died at that time but when he left the scene from where he is by whatever means uh his disciples went back to fishing they said the master is gone so that means that they didn't get it so it's no point in me asking his disciples what he meant i said i think i need to go ask another master what that master meant you know give me another perspective and so i do the same even when I find something in another spiritual tradition, like what the great Lao Tzu meant, what the great Sakyamuni Buddha meant, you know, and I ask another master. And in that way, I get like it goes from being two-dimensional to three-dimensional for me. And as I start to work with it in three dimensions, it moves into the fourth dimension, you know, where, where the real life of mere words resides and so uh i needed something last night and i found teaching number 30 a warning against the use of force now it's the exact opposite of what i have a mind to do at this moment i'm thinking force it's what's necessary. But I'm not just thinking uh, force is necessary. I'm thinking force is necessary. And right there is where I'm wrong. Right there is where the ignorance is. It's the mounting up. And, and the effort that's being put behind the force when David was dispatched by King uh, Saul to go out and uh, slay the the uh, I think it was the Philistines that were warring against them it might not have been them they were always warring against somebody just pick any 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 country any tribe any group but when David came back victorious all the city turned out for him and they were in great celebration. And um, as he rode triumphant and victorious into the city. And they sang a song and they danced and they said, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And when David heard the song, he fell off his horse, ripped off his clothes, and covered himself in sackcloth and ashes. And he grieved because as the general, he had to do his job, but he found no glory in it. The humility of heart and the humility of mind. And, that, you know, and I tell you these things, I guess you say every Sunday, every, it's, it's all about her. You know, but it's really, it's not that way. It's to kind of show you, to be an example for you of how we walk this path, how we examine the things we say, the things we do, and the things we uh, think, and how we can apply the Dharma to counter those habitual tendencies or those actions that are made out of fear or, or out of delusion or out of self-centeredness or just, you know, out of trying to do the right thing and just trying to figure out what is the the best for everybody in a particular situation. You know? 
how to protect those that you have sworn to protect from one who will not be tamed. How you know these kinds of things. Uh, <clears throat> And so, um, that's the only purpose. And so that I won't talk about anybody else. Cause you know, like I got a whole lot. I could just talk about, about myself, you know, that I do, but I do it in the hopes that it'll give you the freedom, the incentive, the encouragement, the fearlessness to examine your own hearts and minds in these same, in these same ways. And when we, do that we become easier with ourselves because we know just like that person who said it wasn't my intent to do all these things that i'm doing and continuing to do wasn't my intent it's not my intent it's like person can't do any better at this time you know so you have to do what you have to do but not fine no there needs to be no uh, grinding with it has to be no puffing up with it um, keep your protect your own heart protect your own mind protect your practice and so this is the warning against the use of force it says he who by thou or think truth purposes to help the one who rules men, and in this sense, rules means who has taken on the responsibility for taking care of, for protecting, for seeing to the safety of. Um, that one will oppose all conquest by force of arms. For such things are wont to rebound. That means that live by the sword, die by the sword. It's just the boomerang effect. It's just cause and condition. And we can see the result of our warring in the um, the the sickness of our soldiers. When they come back. And how difficult it is for them to get the ugliness, the mayhem, the uh, out of their hearts and minds. The things that they had to do. The things that maybe they didn't have to do, but they did. And how to put that aside once it's done, it's not just done. But it lives on in the hearts and minds of the doers. It said, where enemies are, thorns and brambles grow. The raising of a great host is followed by a year of dearth. So we have all of this pomp and circumstance. But in just a little while, you start to see the real repercussions. Therefore, a good general effects his purpose and then he stops. He dares not rely upon the strength 
of arms. He effects his purpose and he does not glory in it. He effects his purpose. He does what has to be done and he does not boast of it. He effects his purpose. He does not take pride in it. He effects his purpose as a regrettable necessity. He effects his purpose and does not love violence. For things, here's the Wisdom of the warning. For things age after reaching their prime, their zenith, their height. At the end of the victory, then, there comes the perishing. And he who is against this truth perishes young. Now, he may have been speaking in a certain context, but there's so many ways that we can take this wisdom if we know how to unpack it. And he talks against thinking that just because we win, we've won. And he reminds us of the importance of not winning and losing our heart. The importance of taking no pride, no glory in the conquest. Because it feeds our ego and our ignorance in a certain way. That it will move us far from our course. Far from our objective. And he's saying at, at, at every step of the way, look and see where there's a place to compromise. Understand what diplomacy is and cultivate diplomacy. You know, <clears throat> I was talking to someone today about this morning about another matter. It could have been the same because, you know, the remedy, the antidote was the same. And I said, you know, you can't, you can be right, but you cannot expect to win all the time. So sometimes we have to practice accepting defeat and giving the victory to others because we can't win. Sometimes we have to practice compromise or even giving up the victory entirely here to surmount and gain here. And we have to have the wisdom to know when it's time to hold them, when it's time to fold them. Some people can't do that. They only know one way. This is right, and I'm sticking with this until I prevail. But that's not the voice of wisdom. That's not the voice of truth. It is recognizing that everything in this life is uh, understood and walked through 
in comparison to something else. So the Buddha says it like this. When this is, this is. When this isn't, this isn't. So no matter whether we say something is right and right is right, what is that in comparison to something that we think is wrong? And on the opposing side, they feel the same way. <laughs> they think they're absolutely right. You know. So it's not really when you get down to it, like always about right and wrong, because both sides think they're right. But the thing about clinging to and cleaving to tenaciously what we think, what we think, what I think is right can ultimately bring the opposite effect. It can bring total destruction because right does not stand alone. It stands in comparison to something else. So as you go through this week, you know, now, <clears throat> Lao Tzu lived um, around the time of the Buddha, or maybe a little bit before, before right? Yeah. And, um, there's one uh, teaching that uh, I read, and he was talking about the religious man on the left. <laughs> and, and the group on the right. And I thought that was like a fairly new concept of left and right, but you just see how things are. They just keep going round and around and around and around in a circle. So here, whatever, 3,000 years ago or something like that, you know, back then they were talking about the left and the right. So ain't no point in like getting, you know, our buns in a tizzy about that, you know, because that's just stuff that goes around and around and around. But what we need to get in a tizzy about is what we will do moment to moment. How we will do moment to moment. How we will think moment to moment. And examining ourselves until we know absolutely that we are faultless. And then we can do without doing. And nothing will go undone. Whatever choice we make, we can make it with integrity. Even if nobody ever figures out, you know, what the real deal was, you will know for yourself. That's the end of my talk for today. And I know it's a kind of sobering thought, but I hope it gives you a little bit of encouragement because I look at the two Koreas uh, coming together to me. So I say, oh, he's so naive, you know, because we are so jaded, we're so tainted. We think things don't change. Things change all the time. 
including who's in power at any given time. You know, if we get this notion that we're always going to be, if that's a delusion. We have to know that. So we can't, like, stick our heads in the sand. We should be very watchful. And we should be cultivating the things that will uh, support us going forth in the future instead of the notion that once a superpower, always a superpower. I'm sure Greece thought that, Rome thought that. You can just go down the whole tick list. You know, but once the prime is reached, no higher to go, there is only one direction. And so, we're there at that zenith. We need to be thinking then how we shall carry ourselves so that the time after the zenith won't be too difficult for us and if we've never had to have any diplomacy before we might need to start cultivating the capacity now and for those of us who think that things are never accomplished through diplomacy I say we shouldn't be so jaded For those of us who don't even believe war is the answer, but they think neither is diplomacy, you know, where are you going to be? And I'm encouraged nothing beats a failure like a try. So try it this week where you were ready to like just put your foot down. And you still might have to put your foot down. But make sure you don't put it down like this. Just put it down. And when it's down and you're standing in that position of authority or power, don't grind it in. But even as you're having to execute however you may need to out of wisdom and compassion, stay soft with it and you will not lose your heart. So if we could just close today thinking about someone that we know. And this is our meditation this morning. That every single one of us could use a little mercy now. And just starting, you know, I mean, you you included. We, we can give ourselves a little mercy. <laughs> Most of us need to give ourselves more so we know what it is. Then we can give more to people. But because we're so hard on ourselves, shoot, we like just shoot them in the foot. You know, but as we start to become kinder and gentler with ourselves, we will know what this feels like. Mm, that feels pretty good. It is just the salve that I needed at this moment. And then after we give it to ourselves, we can take a little dollop of that and we can give it to someone else. And then that will become a way of life with us. Always looking first for the way of escape, not avoidance. Not not doing what you have to do, but the way of escape is through executing with mercy. 
use a little mercy now. The fruits of his labor fall and rot slowly on the ground. Won't be long till he won't be around. Could use some mercy now My brother Could use a little mercy now He's a stranger to freedom He's shackled to his fears and his doubts The pain that he lives in Is almost more than living will allow I love my brother he could use some mercy now My church and my country Could use a little mercy now
may you be well and happy and peaceful. May no harm come to you and no danger. May you always be able to meet with the inevitable difficulties of life. Yeah.